Holy interview, citizen. Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series, Batman. You're listening to Then Is Now podcast. Wowie zowie, citizens. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. Hey, Mom. Yes, you. Why fuss and fret about dinner? Why not have it right here? Yes, this drive-in offers everyone in the family a real picnic treat for dinner. We've got delicious sandwiches with all the trimmings and your other dinner favorites, plus whatever you want to drink, hot or cold. Come early before the show starts, or eat while you're being entertained, or at intermission time. So why fuss? Give your family a tasty dinner at this drive-in. What kind of a sick school is this? Things are afoot at the Circle K. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty then. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend. I love to celebrate from in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on your deck that can choke a donkey. Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A dynamite! Show me the money! Don't! Up your nose when you have the hole. A what? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Go to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Hello and welcome to Then Is Now Podcast. I am your host, Rigor. We've discussed drive-in theaters in the past, and while many indoor movie theaters have closed down because of COVID-19, the outdoor drive-in theater has not only thrived, but is experiencing a resurgence. On the odd chance that you don't know what a drive-in is, it's basically an outdoor cinema with a giant screen and an area for the cars to park facing the screen. 
There's a concession stand where you can order food, and while up until the 80s, movie audio was heard over a speaker that you would hook onto either the driver or passenger side window, the audio for today's movies are transmitted over an FM frequency so you can listen to it on the car radio or bring a boombox and lawn chairs and watch the film outside the car. This past weekend, my wife and I had the good fortune to be able to attend the 2021 April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. It was 80s weekend, and they played four horror movies all night on Friday and four more on Saturday. There were vendors and a special guest appearance. I got some great interviews, and we'll play those on this show, as well as trailers for the films, and give you a little discussion about them. And there were some other fun things that we got to check out, and some things that we didn't have time for, so I'll tell you about those as well. So sit back and learn about this fun and amazing event. Class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shock class. Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class. Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good, sign this. Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're going to have recess all the time. Woo! Go, play, and have fun now. Okay, folks, we've got a fun show in store for you today. As I said in the first intro, the wife and I were able to attend the 2021 April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama, which was held on April 23rd and 24th this year at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. I'm going to write up a blog about the whole trip in greater detail with pictures and stuff and maybe even some videos, so be sure to check that out on havenpodcast.com. Now, it was a long drive from where we live. We live in Maine. It's a total of 10 hours, but we were able to split that up. On the way down, we drove for five hours and stayed at a hotel in New Jersey on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, we drove the rest of the way, which was another five hours, and got to a hotel in Pittsburgh. Now, what's funny is that I really didn't think of it till we got there, but Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead were both filmed in that area. So thinking quickly, I mapped out a plan of action to check those areas out, which included the cemetery in which the opening of Night of the Living Dead was filmed, and the Monroeville Mall, where they filmed the majority of Dawn of the Dead. I also found a few other points of interest. Mars, Pennsylvania, has a giant statue of a UFO in the center of town. I assume that's because it's named after the planet Mars. There was a giant shark statue at a place called Canisa's Mini Golf, and a restaurant called the Harmony Inn, which is supposedly haunted. Sadly, on the trip, we didn't have time to see the shark or the mall, which was probably poor planning on my part, but that's just an excuse to go back someday and check those things out. On Thursday night, we rewatched Night of the Living Dead, so that on Friday, we went to the Evans City Cemetery, and I was able to do a live Facebook video and got some great pics, so you'll have to check those out on the blog at havenpodcast.com. We did manage to get over also to the Harmony Inn, which... Uh, I took some pictures, and we didn't see any ghosts. Uh, I think that's a place that has to be investigated a little bit more to maybe find something. But uh, that's one interesting thing, too, to check out. I will put the link for that on uh, the show notes, and it'll probably be in the blog, too, so you guys can check that out. It it was a really nice place, and uh, I was kind of sad that we didn't get to see any ghosts, but it was the middle of the day, too, so who knows. 
So we finally got to the Riverside Drive-In around 4 p.m., and I'd already had interviews lined up with the owner of the drive-in for Friday, as well as the guys who run the Monsterama on Saturday. There were two vendors there as well, one of which was the great Ron Adams, who owns Creepy Classics, as well as runs the annual Monster Bash. So let's kick off the first of the interviews with Todd, who is the owner of the Riverside Drive-In. Okay, folks, this is Rigor here, and I am at the Riverside Drive-In in Vandergrift, Pennsylvania, and I'm here with the owner, Todd. Welcome to the show, Todd. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so how long has the Riverside Drive-In been around? Since 2005. Very nice, very nice. And how, have, um, how did you do uh, last year in 2020 with the COVID and all that? COVID was unique. Um, there was, all the first run releases were pushed back you know over and over again so we paired up the best in retro programming we could do and made it and we actually changed twice a week so there was a, a new combo every friday and every monday so it it pulled through it uh it did very it did very well excellent excellent and so what has changed for you in terms of like the rules of the drive-in and how you social distance and, and all that that goes into it um there really hasn't been any restrictions on outdoor gatherings. They've been they've been pretty much, you know, lenient because, you know, all our parking spaces they hold two cars, so there's there's good distancing there. The only aspect is is you know they ask to take precautions with masking in the concession and in the, the restrooms. Excellent, excellent. And we're here at the uh, at the special event. It's the April Ghouls. Drive-in Monsterama. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how often you had have that uh, show here? The uh, it's a twice a year event. This is April Fools. Happens the happens the last weekend in April, except for the very first one we did was on the first weekend. It was very cold. Um, this is this also shares the drive-in with the September Super Drive-in Monsterama, which has been going on a lot longer than the April one. Excellent, excellent. And do, do you do other um, other types of shows throughout the year? Um, not really. We're, we stick mostly to the first run stuff all the time. So we get into sometimes, you know, multiple week bookings with the studios. So we can't we can't vary off of those. Right. So we just have to um, put these in when we can. You know, usually this is the weekend before that big uh, quote unquote blockbuster in May. Right. comes out and then usually it's the weekend or two right after Labor Day weekend there's no no big movies with the exception of it a couple of years ago we had to move Monsterama to the later in September excellent excellent well thank you for having us here and uh, looking forward to enjoying the show yes, have a good time eat plenty, eat plenty and uh, hope you uh, make it till like 4.30 in the morning like I will <laughs> great thank you mm -hmm. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks, and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba Reba! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Ah! 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 Turn it! 
sleepaway camp, you won't be coming home. Okay, that was the trailer from Sleepaway Camp, which was the first film that they showed on Friday night. And after that was Todd, the owner of the Riverside Drive-In. Folks, even if you're not in Pennsylvania, we highly encourage you to check out your local drive-in. A lot of them are doing fun stuff, uh, maybe not as uh, large a scale as the uh, drive-in Monsterama, but there definitely are a lot of drive-ins doing some cool things. You should really check them out. And it's great fun. If you've never been or if you know someone that's never been, you should really take them. It's it's a great night out. It's, it's just so much fun watching movies under the stars. And if you do go, please try to purchase as much as you can from their concession stand because that is pretty much how all theaters make their money. And if we want them to stay in business, we got to do our part to help out. Now, as to Sleepaway Camp, that's a cult hit from 1983 about a girl named Angela who was sent to camp with her cousin. It turns out that anyone with sinister or less than honorable intentions ends up getting killed in inventive ways. And it's a mystery as to who the killer is. Now, I did not see this one in the theater, but I did rent it with a friend when we were in high school in the mid-80s, and I have to say at the time, there were a few scenes in this that really disturbed me as a kid, so I never revisited this movie until this past weekend, and you know what? I really enjoyed it. It's full of 80s cheese, and I think because, you know, I'm something of an adult now, I guess, I understood the plot a whole heck of a lot better. I recommend that you check it out. By the way, Felissa Rose, who played Angela in the film, was on hand to sign autographs and take selfies with fans. The line to see her was amazing. It was practically around the concession stand, and she personally greeted every single person who came to see her. In fact, they delayed the start of the first film so that she could finish up. And even though Sleepaway Camp was slated to be the second film, they bumped it to the first slot so that she could do an announcement over the loudspeaker before the film. Sadly, her schedule did not allow for me to have an interview with her, but we will try to get her on a future episode. Hello, my incredible campers. Thank you so much for being here at the Riverside Drive-In. Who knows what's going to happen? But the only thing I can tell all of you is to meet me at the waterfront after the social. <laughs> I love you for the Okay, next up is the trailer for The Slumber Party Massacre from 1982, and then an interview with one of the vendors from the show. The basketball team is planning a party. A slumber party to bare their souls. All the girls are coming, except Mary and Linda. And they won't be missed. The party begins at 8 o'clock. It's a slumber party for old time's sake. Love it, too. Do you think I'm getting better? But be on the lookout for an uninvited guest. Please, please. When the pizza arrives, things really start jumping. Some people may have to leave early. But others will hang around and hang around. You're underage. Negative. Let's go. You're not going to eat that dead guy's pizza. I feel better already. Really, I do. But for those who stay, there'll be plenty of surprises. <laughs> and non-stop action. 
Close your eyes for a second and sleep forever. Okay, so um, now I'm here with one of the vendors at the Drive-In Ghouls, Monsterama, and uh, I'm with Bob. Bob, why don't you tell us who you are and, and what you got going on here? Hi, my name's Bob. Um, I own Time Bomb Toys, and it's just an 80s horror store. We have a lot of masks and figures and, you know, different uh, prints and 80s. Basically, I love 80s horror. The entire store is just all horror collectibles. Excellent, excellent. And you've got some stuff specific to what they're showing here at the the Monsterama, correct? Yes, we do. We have uh, Sleepaway Camp t-shirts. We have a bunch of prints from every feature that's showing. A um, bunch of different decorations, like American Werewolf in London, like retro decorations. We have the masks, of course, from Halloween 3 and American Werewolf in London. Great. Excellent. And do you, have you done this um, this particular show before? Uh, yes, I have. Well, we did the uh, September one. It was geared more towards like a Universal and Monster movies, but... Yeah, it's, a, it's run by the same people. It's a great show. I love it. Excellent, excellent. And so are you online? Where can the listeners find you? Um, you can find us at uh, timebombtoys.com, and we also have a storefront in uh, Pittsburgh located at Camp One Road. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much today, Bob. Thank you. Nice to meet you. You too. Take care. So, folks, as you heard, that was Bob from Time Bomb Toys in Pittsburgh. He had a lot of really cool stuff there, and you can check out the video, which I'll post in the blog at havenpodcasts.com. I'll also post the link for Time Bomb Toys in the show notes so you can check out his amazing merch. Before that, you heard the trailer for Slumber Party Massacre. This is the kind of movie that, if you're having a bunch of friends over, it's really fun to watch. Basically, this escape killer's on the loose. Uh, he terrorizes some girls that are having a, well, you guessed it, a slumber party. This is even cheesier and cornier than Sleepaway Camp. Uh, it, you know, it's through and through, it's an 80s movie. Although it's done tongue-in-cheek, so it was. it's not like it was sloppy filmmaking. It was cheesy on purpose. My only complaint was the killer was sort of a one-note killer because he used a battery-powered drill, which, first of all, you would think by the end of the night the battery would run out, especially back in the 80s, and it just wouldn't have enough juice to actually kill someone. And it was, like I said, it was pretty much one-note killing. He pretty much just drilled people, but they were a little bit more inventive than in some other films. So I have to say this one, the, the kills were pretty good. And, um, you know, Sleepaway Camp had more inventive kills uh, than this movie. But, uh, you know, this movie gets points in my book for being authentically 80s. So check it out if you're in the mood for a campy slasher film. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Six women, one man, all dead. of the axe. Gerald's a cool kid with a keen computer. 
Now that he's met Lillian, the lines of communication are definitely open. It's called Icarus. You can ask it anything you like. But the readout spells trouble. Wait a minute, what happened here? And murder is the mode. What shape is that body in? Hamburger meat. A killer is loose, and the whole town's on edge. Edge of the axe. Gerald, why do you have the names of all the women who were killed in your computer file? Oh, she's coming this way. Bodacious time for Roderick, you have a little something going on with Rita. Rita had your name and number in her phone book. <laughs> kind of worried a little bit about it. We found another body this morning. There's some maniac. He's running around chopping women up. Laura's <laughs> disappeared. What do you mean? She's gone. Who's Charlie? He's my cousin. The other night I asked my computer to check the hospitals find my cousin and they released him from a mental hospital two years ago in Patterson are you spending too much time with this girl on those stupid games that you play you know you're gonna get in trouble and you're gonna have microchips for brains almost all the women who had been killed they'd worked in a psychiatric ward Christopher the situation is terminal can Lillian deprogram the killer before he catches his next victim Two more, Doc. I tell you, this place stinks of death. The other night I had a dream, and Charlie was walking towards me, smiling. He was carrying a bloodstained axe. He said he was going to kill me. Charlie, is that you? Edge of the axe. It's a great night for bad dreams. Okay, those were the trailers for the third and fourth movies that we saw on Friday night. Pieces from 1982, starring Christopher George and his real-life wife, Linda Day George, and Edge of the Axe from 1988. Now, Pieces is basically, it's a giallo film, and it's basically about a mysterious killer who is killing people on a Boston College campus and using their parts to create a human jigsaw puzzle. This is such a fun movie. It, like I said, it's a giallo, which is sort of an Italian subgenre that has certain elements to it that set it apart from other horror films. And we're going to go into giallo films on another show. But suffice it to say, this one is a classic. Uh, it's very gory, very brutal. I actually showed this one at the theater I used to own in New Hampshire back in 2016. And I think that one we had the most uh, attendance for. Now, Edge of the Axe is one that I had actually not heard of until recently. I was surfing through Amazon Prime, and I found it, but I didn't actually watch it. It's a really obscure Spanish production filmed in America about, you guessed it, a crazed axe killer. Now, of all the films we saw the weekend, this was my least favorite. The whole first hour just meanders quite a bit. You don't really care about the characters who are so boring, and the kills were boring also. Uh, this was an even worse one-trick pony because there's only so many different ways that you can show a guy plunging an axe into a victim. And they, it was at the advent of computers, and the main characters had computers, and they were talking to each other through them, and... It was just, it was uninteresting. <laughs> so unless you're a super 80s slasher movie completist, you can probably skip this one. 
All right, we are going to take a break on our very short episode here of Then Is Now podcast, but we wanted to tell you about the drive-in Superama. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will hear the trailers for the first two films from Saturday night. It's refreshment time, and our refreshment stand is loaded with good things to eat. There's crispy, crunchy popcorn, and hot, delicious, buttered popcorn, lots of candy, and frosty, refreshing cold drinks. Why not treat yourself at the Refreshment Center now? Hello, this is Rod Barnett. I'm the host of The Bloody Pit, the podcast that examines films from across the decades. On The Bloody Pit, we have several ongoing series of shows within the show focused on specific things in genre cinema that I and my co-hosts find fascinating. There's a long-running series focused on Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti's films from the 1960s all the way up through 1990. There's an on-again, off-again series focused on 1970s science fiction films. There's an in-depth look at the Western movies that William Castle made before he struck out on his own and became the horror auteur that we know and love. A look at the classic Coffin Joe films from Brazil. And our long-term project to look at every universal horror film made in the 1940s. That's a long project, people. It's going to take us a long time. Sprinkled in amongst those are various other episodes focused on other stranger areas of cinema, like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, and even some obscure British crime films from time to time. So join me and my rotating crew of co-hosts as we examine the stranger side of cinema through an exploitation lens. Except when we don't? Yeah, you never really know exactly what to expect on The Bloody Pit. So join me for The Bloody Pit. Greetings, this is Mr. Lobo. Are you a sinsomniac? Do you stay up late and watch what normal people call bad movies till dawn? Black and white low-budget pot boilers, box office bombs, West German talking car movies, rock bands versus monster movies, broken down school films, midget zombie and midget spy flicks, guys in gorilla suit movies, even old TV commercials, inappropriate cartoons, drive-in snack bar ads, and worse? <clears throat> <clears throat> Well, we like to say they're not bad movies, just misunderstood. Stay up late with Miss Mittens, your host, Mr. Lobo, and a revolving door of special guests, fellow horror movie hosts, robot monsters, and lovely real seven girls for a late night TV slumber party that we call Cinema Insomnia. You can watch us on channel OSI 74 for Roku. We even have some episodes on Amazon and Alpha Video DVD. You may never get a good night's sleep again. Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Here are your hosts, 
Derek M. Cook and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Bryce, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the Head of Rondo Hatton. Only on... Monster Kid Radio! This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on a night of the full moon. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? be a lot of things. Fate let one live. A lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. <laughs> changing. <laughs> changing. Good Lord. John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. Excuse me. A naked American man stole my balloon. I'm a werewolf. An American werewolf in London. Something different. In this human jungle, it begins. Just try. He's right there. What do you see? What's there? What do you see, Karen? What's there? Somewhere in these woods, in this primal, sensuous, secret place, lies an experience too terrifying for words. And now, all anyone can do is watch and wait. Tonight, I'm going to show you something. Make you believe.
Okay, you just heard the trailer for the 1981 film The Howling. And before that, the trailer for An American Werewolf in London. Now, I saw both of those movies in the theater that year, in 1981. And since it's 2021, it's the 40th anniversary of both films. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, I don't think I need to review them because their influence on werewolf cinema is legendary. You know, they're classics, and you should absolutely check them out if you haven't seen them. And maybe it's time, if you have seen them, to revisit them because they're such good movies. Next up is an interview with another vendor at the show, the awesome Ron Adams, who runs creepyclassics.com as well as The Monster Bash, which will actually be held at the Riverside Drive-In in June of this year. Okay, we are here at the Drive-In Ghouls Monsterama, and I've just realized that um, an amazing person is here who's been on Monster Kid Radio quite a bit, and I'm a huge fan. It's uh, Ron Adams. Welcome to the show, Ron. Oh, thanks very much, Roger. Glad to be here with you. Excellent. So is um, how many times have you been doing this um, drive-in uh, event? Well, we jumped on board the second year George was holding it, so I'm guessing we've probably done about six so far, because two a year. Excellent, excellent. So w- what is involved in getting everything to this to the um, drive-in to get everything set up? <laughs> well, it, as you, it's kind of tight in the concession building, but we make it work. Uh, you know, we load up uh, two vehicles, pack it with uh, creepy classic stuff. I mean, we probably have close to a thousand DVDs and Blu-rays here, and uh, it's just a lot. Of, we we enjoy this. We like talking to people about monster movies, and it works out great. George runs a terrific show here at uh, the Riverside Drive-In. We're doing one here, a Monster Bash here in June. So uh, it's this is just a great place, and they love mo- people that run monster movie shows. So it's very great place to, to be and do a show excellent excellent yeah i was going to ask you about monster bash and yeah last year was kind of a tough year for monster bash right oh yeah we, there was no monster bash last year for the first time in 22 uh, years i guess it was and uh this year you know we just couldn't not do a show and so we we had to do what we have to do which is uh, we're doing a drive-in show and it's i've done with george here before so we're going to do a monster bash here and it's a lot of fun. We're going to have vendors, uh, you know, outside and uh, do movies up on the big giant screen and have contests and all kinds of things. Oh, and we have uh, our live Bash Boys band playing both days in the afternoons, too. So it'll be fun. Excellent, excellent. Do you have any other things going on? Uh, it's always, yeah. The, the magazine, I just yesterday picked up uh, Monster Bash magazine number uh we're up to 42 now with Ray Meland on the cover from X-Men with X-Ray Eyes. That's just now going to be, it's not even on the web yet. It will be in a couple of days. Uh, but that's issue 43, and we're working on issue, uh, that's 42. We're working on issue 43 already, which is a return of uh, historian Greg Mank. And then Tom Weaver will be writing for the magazine, as well as Frank Delastrito too. Excellent, excellent. And where can the listeners find you online? Uh, it's the, the mothership is kind of creepyclassics.com. If you're looking specifically for the Monster Bash shows, that's monsterbash.us. And uh, so between those two sites, you can find everything. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ron. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate it.
season of the witch, the night no one comes home. You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Halloween, the children. You happen to know anything about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Season He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Uh, witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it! The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3, season of the witch. The night no one comes home. That was the trailer for Halloween 3, season of the witch. Now, this is a movie that was much maligned when it came out, because most people, myself included, were expecting another Michael Myers outing. And when it turned out to be a completely unrelated story, people were angry, they refused to give this film the time of day, they really just spat on it and never looked back. And I have to admit, when it came out, I saw it in the theater and I didn't like it for the very same reason. But then I revisited it, revisited it a few years back, and you know what? It's actually really cool. It's a very, very fun and creepy little horror film. It's basically about this evil corporation that's planning to kill um, thousands of children on Halloween night as a sacrifice to some pagan god by using these weird Halloween masks that they've developed that when there's a signal uh, that goes off at a certain time that's supposed to go off on Halloween night, it triggers these little buttons that are attached to the mask, and these uh, snakes and bugs and all kinds of creepy crawlers burst out of them and kill the kid wearing the mask. It's up to the always awesome Tom Atkins to race against time to put a stop to this evil. Okay, now we get to my interview with George and Jean, the two gentlemen who created the Drive-In Monsterama and have been running the event for several years at the Riverside Drive-In. In fact, they have two events yearly, the April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama, and in September, they have the Drive-In Super Monsterama. It's a great way not only to get people to come to the drive-in, but also expose younger people to horror films that they may not know about. So let's listen to my interview with these great guys. Okay, folks, I am here today with Gene and George, and they run the DVD Drive-In website, as well as we are at their event, the 2021 April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama. Welcome to the show, guys. 
Hey, Thanks how for having are you? us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me interview. Um, so, why don't you guys tell us, um, you know, how long have you guys been doing the um, driving, the April Ghouls driving monster? I can never get it right. <laughs> well, uh, it, well, we did a, we do a fall show, driving Super Monster Rama, and that's been going on since 2007. 15. 15 years. 15 years. Now, it was the 15th one this past September. Um, so, a few years, the show was doing well, and a few years after that, I proposed to the theater about doing a second show, maybe at the beginning of the season. And, you know, after thinking about it, they agreed to do it. So they decided April would be the month because that's when their, you know, season opens. So we decided to call it April Ghoul's Month, Drive-In Monsterama, and do uh, a little bit, something a little different than we were doing in the fall. In the fall, we were showing a lot of older horror films, um, uh, Hammer films, Vincent Price movies, um, gothic horror, more like, more, more 60s, 70s driving. And I said, well, if we do something in April, maybe we should show like, you know, like Friday the 13th, slasher films, zombie films, more stuff from the late 70s and 80s. And the first time we did, what year was the first April Fool's Gene? I'm trying to remember. Well, <clears throat> this would be the ninth year if it wasn't for COVID. So go back nine years from this year, and that's what would it be. So 20, 2011? Yeah, 2021 back five would be probably 2011 or 2012. Yeah, I would think it's, it's like it's hard to keep track. It's when, very hard to keep track. But it's so uh, you know, it's almost ten years ago we did the first April Ghouls, um, and the first night we did all '80s um, horror films, and the first night was huge. And basically, I wanted to show the theater that you know it could work at the beginning of the year too. So I said I had to show something that's really gangbuster. So we had Friday the Thirteenth, we had The Burning, we had Day of the Dead. And we had Return of the Living Dead. And like I said, it was a big hit. The second night we did, I kind of did the traditional more 70s drive-in fair. And it wasn't as nice a night, I think, right? Or was it? Well, I think you were looking for, the interesting thing was, the second night reflected more of the the uh, 70s uh, grindhouse films for the drive-in as where it was more of an 80s based, I think, sort of pop culture horror thing on Friday night. So right. it was really offering um, two different genres on a weekend and it didn't prove to be as popular on Saturday night because the folks that would be coming out to see those films uh, like Sugar Hill and you showed uh, Blood, Blood and Lace, Lace. A Thing with right. Two Heads a thing and with two uh, heads. Scream Blackula Scream different demographic yeah. than the folks that were coming out to see mm -hmm. the Friday night. And really what's going on industry-wise is, and with Shout Factory and a lot of the labels, is that we're finding out these movies that weren't so popular to our generation back in the day, they were just sort of video rentals, have this new life now, because a lot of the younger people that are watching these films today either saw them on uh, VHS or something like that, or HBO with their brothers and sisters, right. but they were too young to be able to go out and see them. So like our whole ad campaign for this weekend with the back of the 80s was like, in, you know, we wrote this, or we wrote our own ad, it was like what? Took us a couple minutes to write it. Yeah. And we talk about whether you were out on a hot date back then <laughs> or you're seeing it for the first time, like you snuck downstairs. Right. Because so many of the stories are, I saw Halloween 3 or whatever because my parents went to bed and my older <laughs> brother and sister let me watch it and I shouldn't have saw it and all this stuff. 
So not only does this type of a weekend tap into the memory of the people in our age group that are going back to remember the old days, but it's creating a new experience for the people that didn't have the ability to see it on a big screen back in the day. So now they're able to see it on a big screen. So it brings the two the two generations together, and that's what makes these nights so special. It's a big mix of people. And we were noticing the fans of these 80s horror films are, are younger and younger. I mean, they... A lot, of, they know a lot so of them much were more. not even born years, <laughs> you know, years after most of them were made. So, I mean, but but like, it's 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 like I said, it's a new generation. I'm looking the the way the Monsterama shows have changed. I'm looking at it's like a new generation of, of Monsterama. I'm calling it Monsterama, the new generation, because we're getting nice. a lot of young people. Right. And I'm realizing these films are getting older, and we're getting older, but the fans are getting younger. So, I mean, we're <laughs> celebrating the 40th anniversary of. American Werewolf American and Howling tonight. And We're showing both. And I noticed back. that, right. like, even we watched, um, we had um, Summer Party Massacre last night, which was a 1982 release, but the copyright said 81. I'm like, wow, that movie is technically 40 years ago. And I'm like, that's really hard to believe. Right, right. You know? And, you know, Dr. Fibes is the 50th anniversary this yes, year. Yes, and we We've did. We've done Dr. Fibes. So like, that's the, the kind of stuff we were, you know, doing in September. One of our earlier monsteramas we did the two dr fives movies because we're absolutely no, me as a fan as a horror fan like that that th those are like two of my favorite horror movies Fair of all time enough. oh yeah definitely well the other thing i was going to say to about this whole situation is that looking at the industry back in those days versus what's happening today in the movie industry there were so many movies that were coming out weekly back in the 1980s that were original horror films and clones right. that literally films that may have deserved attention back then weren't getting that attention. And that's what we're talking about. We, you know, if we had a choice to see two movies a weekend, we would pick the one we like better. You know what I'm saying? Right. And when younger people today don't realize that the market was so flooded with these films, like Sleepaway Camp is really popular now, but both of us looking back on it, we're like, what happened I with this? Saw right. it. I saw it, you know, first run in 1984. This is Sleepaway Camp I'm talking about. I saw it in early 84, I believe, because um, it, it didn't play in my area until then. And it was on a double feature with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was, oh, nice. of course, a re-release. That, that film had already been 10 years right. old. I think I'd already seen it on video, but that was the first time I saw it in the theater. But, but what, like Gene was saying, it wasn't like that. It was kind of a sleeper in the sense that when I saw it, uh, it was in the summer and an afternoon, and it was like nobody in the theater. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that they were bad films, and it was just that there were so many other movies to go see. Yeah, right. One of my favorite examples is Prophecy and Alien. Both came out at the same time. Right. And I, my dad was going to take me to see one of them, and he said, pick one of the two. <laughs> and it, like, killed me, but I took Prophecy, then I went to see Alien, like... Because it was so popular, they did this thing back then called Held Over, right. which you don't see yeah. anymore. So I knew that with the way it was looking, it was going to be around for a while. So he took me to see Prophecy. But I remember these were all theaters that were outdoors. Or, I mean, buildings, not in cineplexes, because we're right. talking the 70s. And I right. remember leaving the one theater, and the other one was down a block, and I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Why can't I just walk down there and see <laughs> Alien? But you had to make a choice out of which ones you wanted to see. Right. So unfortunately, a lot of the movies that were good that didn't get attention then are finally getting the audience and the do that do's now, and that's what's great about it. And I think with the 80s horror films, there's also this whole uh, attention put to the VHS era, the, the, right. the era of the, because these films became notorious and famous on VHS. Right. And I think that, again, younger people who didn't experience that because they were, you know, not born yet or too young are really taking 
taking up in that that whole VHS culture, whether it be you know collecting the old uh, the videotapes or the artwork from the covers. Right. So that kind of we kind of pushed put that right. into our theme. And the merchandising, yeah. you know, it's this merchandising today is incredible because I know. We weren't sitting there back in the 80s thinking there were going to be action figures for American Werewolf in London right. and stuff. It just no. never would have oh, occurred yeah, to us that. that it was never going to happen. And that goes with all eras of horror films. Uh, there's so much merchandise from specific films that you never thought you right. would see. Yeah, like absolutely. if you go back in time 40 years or more, 30, 40 years or, or whatever, and know what what kind of merchandise they would have to particular films, you as if you go back and tell yourself as a kid, you'd probably be, right. you know, wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, you know. I, I still have the um, the vomit bag from Mark of the Devil when my parents took me to you, see that. I, oh, you, you went to see the <laughs> yeah. theater, wow. At the drive-in. So, I saw like, the drive-in. Is that first run like 72? 72 around there, wow. yeah. Do you remember if it was uh, playing with something? I don't recall. Actually, I have more vivid memories in 72 of seeing Asylum with Peter Cushing. Which is, we showed that here. Oh, nice. We did a Peter Cushing, and I can tell you that it was 2013 because it was his... 100th birthday anniversary okay. yeah and one of the films that i did get was asylum and that is that is one of my i did not see it first run in the theater i saw yeah. it on television and then video as a kid but i mean that's one of my all-time favorite movies yeah. too yeah what's that Which asylum one? Oh you yeah, saw Asylum uh, in the theater. I have vivid memories yeah. of seeing that at the drive-in wow i never saw that i saw a lot <laughs> i saw a lot of the movies um they're out on shout right now like uh Frogs, the yep. Land of People Forgot, Time People Forgot, Squirm. Um, yep. So many of those movies were the ones that were always doubled up. Empire of the Ants. Oh, yeah. Those were the ones that were doubled up when my dad used to take me yeah. to the drive-in back yeah. in the 70s. But I was just telling my wife earlier as we were coming here that when I was a kid, my parents took me to the movies almost every week. Yeah. There were like five movies coming out every week. Well, you yeah. could also trust to send your kids... It was a different world back then, and you could just leave your kids off at the theater or whatever, yeah. or send them with somebody else to the drive-in, and kids didn't, it wasn't like it is today. I mean, right. we knew our boundaries, and we didn't do crazy shit. Yeah. Well, Kinda... I, 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 like, like for instance, like what Gina's saying, like, the adults would bring the kids, and, and we, we apply this theme, this, this idea to our, we let, like, children under a certain age in for free, just so that if, if they come with their parents... They could, you know, the kids could just fall asleep in the back, and they don't have to worry about paying for them because they're not really paying attention to the movies. Right, that's exactly. up to them. You know, it's. But this this applies to back in the day. This is what happened. These uh, the parents would bring the kids, and sometimes it wouldn't be a kid friendly movie, but they would go, and maybe it would be later, and the kid would fall asleep in the back because, or they wouldn't, know, or in some cases they didn't even know, like the content of the movie. Because I have I had a friend. He's a few years older than me, and he. He told me he saw two movies at a drive-in as a kid, like with, 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 I guess with his mother or fa mother and father, and they were they turned out to be when we figured out what they were by the plot. It was the miniskirt mob, and uh, the Undertaker and his pals. So I mean, it's like <laughs> that, that that just goes to show you how right these the kids were you know pushed to the drive-in, but I guess they let them sleep in the pajamas. And you know this is oh yeah back in the day when they used to have the play. The playground, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is, I guess, the thing of the past. I guess with insurance and all that, they don't do that. Anymore. I wondered why we didn't yeah. see them anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think it has something to do with that, but yeah. you don't see them anymore. Now, did you guys do uh, uh, Superama last year, or was it because of COVID? I know we I went to the drive-in quite a bit. We did, we did a show in September, uh, but not in April. April, because of COVID, we the theater wasn't operating yet. So right. We had to, the state of Pennsylvania had regulations about you yeah. know businesses and being open and stuff, so. 
Right. Unfortunately, had to cancel. Yeah, so this is, um, we're back after two years, really, now. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, so why don't you tell us about what we've got going on. Today is the second day. This is Saturday. And uh, last night was Friday. Why don't you tell us what happened last night? Because it was, it was a full house. It was a full house. Last night we did a, a this was a back to the 80s weekend. So it was a slasher night. So we had um, Sleepaway Camp, um, Summer Party Massacre, Pieces, and Edge of the Axe. Edge of the Axe being the most obscure of the, all the films. But it's a, it's a Spanish-made production um that was um directed by joseph larez and since pieces is actually a spanish production both of these pieces and edge of the axe are spanish productions but they were shot in the united states made to look like american slasher films right with mostly american or english-speaking actors so they that that's that's what's kind of unique about them and i just thought they would go good together pieces a lot of people have been asking me to show that over the years it plays a lot all over the country because it's you know it's it's available from Grindhouse releasing, but I thought the time was right, and I think everybody had a great time. And again, we had Felissa Rose as, as a guest from Sleepaway Camp, and 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 we we got her to come out with from from uh, California with Dave Sheridan, who was in Scary Movie, and together they did a couple of independent movies together, and they were wonderful guests. We had a great crowd for them. They were you know doing the meet and greet thing with the autographs and the and the photo ops and it was it was just a, she had a great time he had a great time and and the fans were loving it and we were just you know so happy to bring her out we you know going forward we did we haven't really had any kind of guests uh big guests that we that we brought out from you know from outside the area we've had some local uh guests that were in horror films but um this is the first time we've done something like that and i hope to do it again in the future so yeah last night was a big night i was like a really uh, a step forward for this event, you know. Oh, it was awesome, and the, yeah. the line for Felissa Rose was like around the building. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, and I was just I was happy to see that, and I, and she got to everybody that um, you know wanted to meet her, so that was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. So, what do we got going on to the, tonight? The well, second tonight, night. Tonight is um, again, it's since it's back to the eighties. Tonight is more of a a monster. Um, Gene Gene was you know putting the. The, the dom denomination that we have uh, uh, werewolves, de demons, and... Um, For which one was this? Tonight. How? What are we talking... Oh, you mean the, is, the ad? Yeah. What are we... It's a monster night, really, right? Well, I don't know what you're asking me. With the, with we were the, talking about tonight's theme of the movie, <coughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I worked a lot of years in the industry. I graduated out of college and went directly into the, the movie... Well, not movie, but the entertainment business, which I didn't expect to do, but it, I stayed in it way too long. <laughs> and when we come up with this stuff, it's sort of like I just sit down and stuff rolls off your tongue, and it's how it becomes whatever it is. So, like, right. I we kind of wrote this uh, ad tonight. You saw the ad last night. Yes. And it talks about a weekend of teenage... Put away your... Uh, put away your... What is, what is I can't remember what it says. Your, uh... Put away your... Um, s'mores and arm yourself for a weekend of teenage massacre and you know what i think when you grow up as a kid it's just emulating the wonderful hype and the wonderful um ad campaigns that took place like back in the 1970s like we as kids we loved hearing them things where it's like a creepy old house murder seven right. people that won't <laughs> escape who will survive the dawn and you know it didn't terrify us we thought it was awesome we're yeah. like this is great 
So I think perhaps we approach a lot of things in our real life like their ad campaigns. <laughs> so yeah, we just wanted to do, we wanted to in, in, in incorporate everything into this night that personified this night. And we do have werewolves, we have demons, and we have witches. So boom. Yes. Perfect. And, and also with the howling, well, American Werewolf in London first and then the howling, we have yeah. uh, both came out in 1981. Both were yeah. a kind of comeback for the werewolf cinema, which was... They were consistent werewolf movies since the 40s, since the 30s and 40s, you know, going into the 60s and 70s. But those two are landmark, are landmark films of bringing the werewolf cinema back, you know, to, to They're the two public best attention. films to show back to back. It's like a horror wet yeah. dream. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> this is something that fans have been asking for. And I'm like, yeah, eventually we'll show them. We'll, you know, we'll seek out the rights and we'll show them. And this was this was the perfect timing for this because an '80s weekend, the 40th anniversary of both these movies, yeah, and and everybody's excited excited about that. Halloween three is another one. It's um, it didn't do so well back then, yeah. but it has turned into a phenomenon. Yeah, we were just speaking to some fans in the back who actually had the three Shamrock, uh, so the Shamrock mats yeah. set up, and they were like they're so excited about seeing Halloween three, and you know, again, I'm just when I put these shows together, I'm just trying to think of what people like, and I love that. There's, you know, out of the eight movies we show in one weekend, there's like maybe one in particular that some, like, certain people are just thrilled about seeing. That just makes me feel so good that, you know, I just, it's like, wow, you, uh, thanks for bringing this film. Right. I'm, right. I'm trying to listen to what people want and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make it appealing. And, yeah. You know. And that's actually, that's what my show is about too, is we're trying to expose the younger people to all the cool stuff they may have missed out on. And that's what you guys are doing too, which is well, amazing. I, I think that, I, it's weird because I don't know how to explain this, but we had an unquenchable thirst to find more subject material as we were growing up. Like when right. the, we talk about this on our show, when the Michael Weldon book came out, the Psychotronic Film Guide book, it just opened up like this Bible of like yeah, exactly. movies, you know? Say, and, yeah, and if yeah. we saw a movie that we liked, we had, to, this is before the internet. We right. And then when the internet came, it was better yeah. because you can look at a director and go, holy shit, he did all these films. And I don't see that as much today as I used to in the past, but I wish like a perfect example, People that are Walking Dead fans that have no idea about George Romero and the George Romero right. films. And if you're liking these zombie films and stuff, you don't take it for face value. You should have, you know, want to have the whole experience and go back and find out what the source material was and what it was derived from and see if you like that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It's like New Order and Joy Division. If you love New <laughs> Order, you have to love Joy Division. If you don't know who Joy Division is, and why the fuck are you listening to New Order? Right. That's my example because I relate everything to New Order. But, I mean, it's so true. So if I was a Walking Dead fan and I like zombies, you know, and this, you know, I found out about George Romero and Pittsburgh and everything. I'd be like, oh my God, this is where I have to go. This is what I have to see. And that's exactly what I wish more younger fans would do. I, I like to see an interest in uh, seeking out other films in the genre and expanding their horizons rather than watching something for face value and then just being done with it. Right. I think it's more difficult today. You know, yeah. when we were younger, we only had a handful of TV channels, and if you missed it, you missed it. Bingo. Nowadays, right. they've got everything at their fingertips. No, they don't I, know where I, to begin. I would go, well, well, I'm one of those kids that would get the TV guide on Sunday. Me yep. too. And yes. you would yes. go through and see what yes. horror movies on. I remember one time I was a teenage werewolf was on at like 5 in the morning on a school night, and I 
made sure that I got up to watch it before I went to school. Yeah. I mean, that's, and you, like you say, that's a perfect example. You had to watch it when it was on. Oh, yeah. And as Gene mentioned, the, the Psychotronic Encyclopedia film by Michael Walden, that came out in 1983. So I'm like in my early teens by the time. I got that as a Christmas gift. I remember my mother bought it at a bookstore because I, I asked for it. And she had it hidden in her bedroom, like ne next to my parents' dresser. Like, you know, this is where she would hide Christmas gifts. And I, I, I guess I caught wind that it was there. So <laughs> she was working, like I would come home after school and she, I guess she was working part-time and then would come home later. So I would sneak up to the bedroom and, you know, wait, you know, before she got home, like I'm like doing something really bad. I would peek in the book and just like, you know, so by the time I got it as a gift on Christmas Day, I had already like read the whole book. But That's that amazing. book was such an inspiration because I'd seen many films that were listed in it, but there there was so many things to discover. Like that, and when you read these little synopsis of these you know, Andy Milligan films, movies, Andy Milligan, right. stuff like like from ear to ear, which is a French film, and they go there's a mummified baby and. I'm like I have to you know like you got to see the mummified yeah, baby right you know and it would be like a, it would be like a guide to to watching movies on TV and I, well that's the, how his fantasy started but the book the encyclopedia film the psychotronic became like a, a reference guide to the video rentals and the, and the stuff that was showing oh, up yeah. on late night TV and Saturday afternoon TV yeah, yeah Michael Weldon someone I've been trying to get on the show but he doesn't respond to my messages so. <laughs> no. He's out there. Maybe one day he will. Maybe one day yeah. he will. Well, guys, it's been awesome talking to you. And as well. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. As we set off. Us. Oh, yeah, no problem. And as we set off, Mike, um, we'll have you guys back on the show. Absolutely. Um, on a f real interview, like on, yeah. on the show. And um, we'll do it before your next event. And, you know, just talking to you guys here about movies now, I'd love to have you on any time between now and then and just yeah, discuss horror movies. With you. Well, you know, I want to say, too, before we go, George is the innovator that started all of this um, – all of this, uh, you know, rejuvenation for the love of uh, of the drive-ins and the horror. He was doing this, you know. He he's from Long Island. He crossed multiple states to find this little drive-in out in the middle of nowhere, and it just worked out. And we have watched over the last ten years people replicating this and doing their own thing and I don't see it as competition I just see it as the market strengthening to make sure that we stay afloat and right. the whole fandom stays afloat so if people out there have any inspiration about wanting to do something like this go to your local drive-in or theater and use us and other other venues as examples that's how I did it absolutely I wanted, I said, I wanted to do, do a drive-in show make let it me, happen let me see if I could locate a drive-in I mean I'm, I could probably know how to you know, book the films and, and yeah. yeah, just make it happen. Do it. Have, for have you guys considered expanding to more than this driving? No. Not at the time because it's like <laughs> no, because this is like you know, this is a lot of it's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of work. Do you want to provide me a with lot medication? of <laughs> No, and it's like it's like it's it's the audience has grown for it. The word is spread. It's just like it's, the Riverside's family. It's, too. it's just evolving right now. Right. Yeah, and the Riverside. I have to say the Riverside has been terrific. Absolutely, yeah. they're great people. Yeah. That's oh, it's why a wonderful I wouldn't want to do it anywhere else. You know, they and, believed yeah. in him enough to let it happen, and that's and they what let started me keep doing it. it. We never exactly. stopped doing it right. because so, a lot of other they, drive The first ones have. were like only moderately successful, but they said it's good enough, but we'll keep doing it. And great. And then it became two events a year, and it's it's just been wonderful. And I, I love doing it. That's awesome. And last thing, do you guys have like a web link you can direct people to for your? Shows or is it just on it's Facebook? It's on the Facebook yeah. page. The Facebook page, the Drive-In Super Monsterama page, the community page. You'll have every anything you need to know. Slash is on random there. letters that Facebook creates. I yeah. don't know what yeah. the URL is. But we're on there, and you know, you reach out to us. We do. Um, 
sometimes we do live streaming shows just to show movies and talk to talk to the talk to the fans and and you can ask us questions whatever you want we're out there excellent thank you so much guys thank you thank you hey see you guys later at the drive-in <laughs> was it a broken dream an unfinished memory what terrible secret drew Susan to the mausoleum? <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean to scare you, Mrs. Farrell. She gave her soul to the evil force in the mausoleum. What's the matter, Susan? What in the crook's name is... Oh, my God! Now, the secret haunts her, and she cannot control the power. some strange shit going on in his house. What are you talking about? What's wrong with my wife? She's not your wife. The woman you're living with looks like Susan. She looks exactly like your wife, but she's not your wife. She lives in horror as she tries to escape the demon she has become. Mausoleum tonight. A new dimension in fright, an experience of untold terror. This is evil. I am going to finish what your father died trying to do. Are you brave enough to enter the mausoleum? Well, that was the trailer for the final film shown on Saturday night. Mausoleum from 1983. A 10-year-old girl mourning the death of her mother becomes possessed by a demon who has been preying on her female ancestors for centuries. Years later, the demon starts to take over her mentally and physically. Now, this movie starred screen queen Bobby Breezy, and she's pretty much the best part of the film. Oh, and we get to see her topless quite a bit, so that was also a plus. Um, I think the intent for this film... Especially with, uh, there's a character who's sort of her psychiatrist, but he's starting to realize that maybe she is possessed. And I think the intent of the film was far greater than the end result. And it, it's too bad because it really could have been much, so much more. It was just very lackluster overall, and there was nothing to write home about. However, actually, I correct myself. The real actor who was the best part of the film was LaWanda Page, who, uh, folks, you might remember her as the hilarious character, Aunt Esther, on the classic TV sitcom Sanford and Son. Now, while her role is small as the housekeeper, her dialogue and her delivery of that dialogue was just incredibly funny. And if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have too many good things to say about this movie. Uh, the, the film's kind of flat. You know, the opening sequence, which doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense, um, that was well lit and well shot, but then the rest of the film is so evenly lit throughout that it doesn't give that 
horror vibe that it could have given to us. Again, this is one for the horror completists, and uh, when you're not fighting to stay awake at 4 a.m. to watch it, it actually can be good late-night horror movie fun. And before that, of course, we heard my interview with George and Gene, and they were the nicest guys you can meet. So a shout-out to them for not only putting this event together, but for allowing me to interview them as well as other people there. We had such a great time. You know, uh, George and Gene and I were probably roughly around the same age, so we, we could have talked for hours about horror movies and stuff that we grew up with. And so I've invited them to come on a future episode, and we'll really get into some truly geeky horror discussion. So once again, George and Gene, thank you so much. Okay, folks, that's all we have for this episode of Then Is Now Podcast. We hope you enjoyed learning about the April Ghoul's drive-in Monsterama. And as I said at the beginning, if you can't get to Pennsylvania for the next one, check out what drive-ins are in your own backyard and what they're doing. You know, some of them are doing some really cool events similar to this, and it's always a blast watching movies under the stars. You know, there's one in Maine that's near me. It's probably about an hour away. And last year, during COVID, every Saturday night, they played a classic horror movie. Everything from Evil Dead 2 to The Thing to The Shining. And it was just so much fun. They played them at midnight on Saturdays. It was so much fun to go and see that. Um, And remember, when you do go to a drive-in or an indoor theater, if there's one open near you, please purchase food and drink at the concession stands. That's where they make all their money. And again, a shout-out, a thank you to uh, George and Gene. Who put up the whole? Who put together the whole thing? A thank you to Todd, the owner of the drive-in, who was kind enough to spend some time with us here, um, and also to Ron Adams, of course, the great Ron Adams, and uh, we're going to have him on the show eventually, as well as Bob from Time Bomb Toys, because you know, without these guys, the show wouldn't have been the success that it was, and I think it took everybody. Oh, and of course, Phyllis Rose. It was so nice to to see her there, even though I didn't really get a chance to talk to her. Um, like I said, we're going to try and get her on the show as well. So uh, you'll be able to find um, my blog about it in greater detail as well as pictures and videos. And that's going to be at our website, havenpodcasts.com. You can also find our sister show there called The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers films and Spaghetti Western movies. And don't forget, you can send your feedback to to us at thenisnow42 at gmail.com. And you can also join in the conversation at our Facebook Then Is Now podcast group. Then Is Now Podcast is a proud member of the Dorkening Podcast Network, so be sure to check out the other great shows there at thedorkening.com. And Then Is Now is on YouTube, so please visit youtube.com slash user slash UncleDeath1 to get the latest videos as well as other fun videos. And please subscribe to our YouTube page and also share the video versions of our podcast with your friends and get them to subscribe as well. And don't forget to go wherever you download your podcast from. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a great review so that more listeners can find us. You can find us on all the podcasting apps, especially the big three, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Class dismissed. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you. The Miss Now Podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media.
For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.